Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. Have a seat. That's just good stuff, isn't it? Come on. That was kind of that's, that's good stuff, right? You know? There we go. Um, you, can, you can clap. That's all right. If you haven't been here before, we, we, we clap. And so, uh, you, you know, we're in this little series called uh, Follow, Hashtag Follow. And if it, let me just bring some people up to speed. If, if you don't know what a hashtag is, you're probably not in Twitter. So that's okay. We'll just bring you up to speed. There's this thing called Facebook. And for, for those who are not in Twitter, you're probably into Facebook. So Twitter's like for the younger people, but then there's like cool people or sort of act like they're cool people who like to be on Twitter like me and so it's just one of those things where you know we just try to condense it down like Facebook is you can say everything you want to say but then Twitter is like thank God there's only 140 characters because you know it's just one of those moments where you just have to condense it all down so you really got to get to the point and I think that's exactly what Jesus did you know his Facebook story is the word of God but in the Bible, and so there's things there for us to connect with. But then you get Twitter, and it's like hashtag. It's just this simple follow. It's just this simple. I don't, you don't need to believe this. You don't, need to, you don't need to do this. Just simply follow me. And watch what happens. And so there we are. That's where we're at. This is the series we're in. Part two, glad you're here. And so if I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is Jason. We're excited that you're here. Uh, And we're just going to camp out on what this means, to follow. What it really means to follow and reach out to those who are in desperate need today. And so if you're not familiar with what we do, we just like to really do series that make sense and and connect to you. And then we just preach on for a couple weeks. And so if this is your first time with us, we just hope and pray you come back because next week's probably going to be more exciting because you're following you're taking those first steps to follow and say, man, this is kind of interesting. You might not believe one thing we've said thus far. That's okay. Just follow. Because we believe if you start to follow Christ, if you start to center, point, and live, center, point, and live, when you start to do that on Jesus, man, things change. And we've also said for a very long time, when Jesus enters the house, it changes everything. And so for us this morning, that's where we're at. And so uh, we talked about last week, you know, one of those things where from grade school all the way to high school, you were taught this little game called follow what? Follow the leader. And so we do that kind of good. We we, we sort of follow the leader, you know. Uh, We still do that even though sometimes the leader is wrong and we still go down that road, right? Uh, We we do it when we know it's not right at all. We still follow. Why is that? Can someone please explain to me? Is it always the cool guy? I mean, even this week, we was chanting on peer pressure, peer pressure up here in the loft as far as we were playing this little game on Wednesday night and, and it, it, it was, you know it, it wasn't craps but it was sort of reminded me of craps but it was one of those moments when we was playing this little piggy game and, they, and, and we just we, we, we convinced her to roll the, the piggies that sounds weird I know but come on we, we convinced her to roll the piggies and she, she lost all of her points and, you know it, we, she followed she simply followed she got into the moment she lost all of her points why do we do that? Is it to be cool or is it just to gain, you know, our points in life? Is it to, to get that extra little whatever it is that we were hoping for? And if you're not here with me yet, maybe this will hit you in between the eyes. A couple years ago, there was a, a, a Christmas has come, 
You know, they, they, they come around 365. By the way, it's coming up. If you're not prepared for it, it's coming. I, I saw Halloween stuff already out last month, and it's coming. Uh, it's coming, so just FYI. But, you know, you know we've, we've all put those, instructions, those last-minute instructions together. You know what I'm talking about, parents. Uh, and maybe, maybe you're not there yet, but maybe let's just go down this road. Uh, you, you've put together a shelf before, you know, like those little package things. Man, these things are crazy. I mean, it's like, how do they fit that many parts into that small box? And you have to put it together, and it's the size of your wall. I mean, how do they do that? You know, and, and so they got some amazing instructions, you know. Uh, maybe it's that, it's that car radio, you know, that a lot of people are gifted at, but not me. And so, you know, you just one of those things, you just look at all these wires and gizmos and, and literally, you know, it's a flux capacitor. And so it's one of those moments you have to sort of put it together. And, and some of you didn't get that one. So, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. Uh, uh, but then you, then you get, so, you know, maybe, maybe you're really into engines and you, and you start looking at, you know, this engine part and you, you know what to do, you know how to do it. And you think you know exactly where to put it, but it doesn't fit. Because you didn't read the instructions. You ever done that before? Am I the only idiot up here that knows how to do that? I mean, I don't read instructions some days. I'm just, I'm confessing before you that I look at instructions and I'm just like any other male. You read it and you go, huh, and you throw them to the side, don't you? you look at the, we, we look at the picture on the box. I mean, we are good at pictures. I, I passed first grade. Pictures. That's what you learn. You say apple for A, and that's what you do. You just go in B for buzzing bees. You know, you just do that. C for cat. You just do that. You just look at the picture and you're like, oh, I don't know how to do this. Or you maybe you've done it a thousand times. You've done it a thousand times this way. But there's a new way to do it because they, you know, it just fits differently. For women, uh, let's just go down this road for just a moment. Um, um, those moments of clarity when you think you know how to cook and you're just throwing the, you know, and you read the recipe and you're like, oh, it doesn't need that. And then, you know, everybody's trying to be polite and shove it in their mouth, but it's coming back up just as quick as it should go down. And you're like, you're really good. Mmm, good. You know, it's, you want to invite Cousin Eddie over to eat seconds. You know, it's one of those moments. Or maybe, you know, uh, not to mention anybody up here, but, you know, it's that moment when you think you can dye your hair and not follow the instructions on the box. And it turns out a wrong color. Hey, I've seen it happen. I'm just being honest. I don't have that problem, but I've witnessed it. You know, instructions are funny, aren't they? Instructions are like, you know, it's like those speed limit signs. They're just, what? Suggestions. <laughs> right? You're laughing, but you're guilty. You know you are, especially if you're driving. It's those moments of clarity when you know you forgot to read the instructions, and you sit there and look at the pile of parts, and you're like, where do these go? And your wife looks at you, you know, that moment of, of real clarity, and it's four in the morning, and, and the kids are getting ready to wake up, and you've tried your best to put together this Thomas the Train set, and it's way too early, and you just want to go to bed, and there's a pile of broken parts, and the best thing that you can do is put it back in the box, ship it back to FedEx, and pray to God that the elves fix it. I mean, because it ain't getting fixed before tomorrow morning. It's just not happening, because that pen does not fix that, because you've already super glued the other thing. And your wife looks at you and says, I told you so. Read the instructions. Been there? I see a lot of head nodding. Either you're sleeping already on me or you're really saying, yeah, I've been there. 
And see, the truth is, I've been there. My guess is, my hunch is, is you've been there. You see, I believe that, and for all of us, let's just go to marriages real quick. We said I do, right? You said I do to some, some words of wisdom in here, some instructions. But how easy and tempting it is it to look the other way. How easy is it to fall on that sin of click? No one's saying amen now, is it? You see, instructions are very valuable to our health. You see, we, we, we chant, we, we scream, and we say praise God for those souls who, who, who came forward. You see why they came forward and they were so willing to just to come forward? It's because they had nothing left. They had nothing else to, to shoot for. Like, they wanted to put all their hope in Jesus because they were confessing everything. And some of you all would be kind of shocked this morning if you heard some of the stories. But you would say, oh, it's okay because they were a sinner. Instructions. We're all sinners saved by grace. And if we can't confess them before one another, guys, what are we doing up here? What's the law for in the first place? Just to come worship? Come sing a couple cool songs, listen to the band, listen to a bald preacher and say, wow, that was a good day. Go home and tweet it. Hashtag follow. Woo, I'm a Christian. I mean, if that's what it's about, rain check, I'll go somewhere else. I'm just being honest. You see, I think we learned last week that Jesus was straight up with one of his disciples and he asked him two simple words that changed his life and changed a lot of us. Those instructions were not to turn in all the taxes, Matthew. Turn them all back and give them, you know, go give them back to the poor and then you can come hang out with me. It wasn't to go change this behavior pattern, go change that behavior pattern, or, you know, just honestly, just uh, uh, go dress this way, dress that way. It wasn't any of that. It wasn't saying, hey, you need to stop completely using that drug right now. He just simply asked Matthew to do two words. And in Matthew 9, you can read them for yourself behind me. And it says, as Jesus went on from there, He saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth and he politely said, follow me. Follow me. And it says immediately. It doesn't say, hey, think about it. You know, if I leave this booth, I'm going to be killed. You know, if I do, he just, he said he, he got up. He left his post and he followed him. You see, we we unpacked something last week that's very powerful, and there's these four things that we just sort of went down the road of. And and, and let me just bring you up. I don't want to unpack the whole sermon from last week, but I think it's critical for us to move forward this week just to revisit these. And these these four things were being a sinner is a prerequisite. It does not disqualify you from following Jesus. It's just that simple. Being a sinner is, not, is a prerequisite. It's, it's like it's, a, it's the qualifier. You know, you, you go apply for a job and you're like, oh, you've never worked in fast food? Oh, you can't do that. No, you, you're a sinner. I haven't done that and I'm far from God. This is a qualification for you. Come on, follow me, Jesus says. Does that excite you just a little bit? Knowing that you're far from God and it's like, you know what? I'll follow you. Number two, being an unbeliever doesn't disqualify you. 
You see, none of Jesus' earliest followers believed. And if you don't believe me, open up your Word of God and know that James, the brother of Jesus, who witnessed all these miracles, literally did not believe until day three. What kind of faith is that? Meaning when Jesus come out of the tomb, then James is like, whoa, this is, he is the Son of God. Even though he witnessed all the miracles, he saw what Jesus did. It took him three days after the stone to realize this was the Son of God. You see, now we have a lot, a lot of words, and so and for us, it's being an unbeliever doesn't disqualify you. You might not believe in everything, and I'm dealing with some atheists right now that's really struggling, and it's challenging me in my walk, meaning I'm, I'm learning what it means to really reach out in a different way, because being an unbeliever doesn't disqualify you from following Jesus, doing the things that Jesus did. Because I know when they start to do what we're doing and hanging out where we're hanging out, it just starts to morph into something. When Jesus enters the house, it starts to change things. And then all of a sudden, they start to ask the simple questions. Wait a minute, why are you doing that? And they cannot answer that question. I dealt with a guy at 3 a.m. last night on Facebook. And he was, he was dropping F.U. left and right at me. He said, man, you can take that heroin stuff and I hope every single one of them relapse. I said, why would you ever say stuff like that? And I just called him out and said, that seems like to me, this is where we're at. And I said, I believe that wherever you're at spiritually, that first of all, you need to understand this. An unbeliever doesn't disqualify you from knowing Jesus. Number one. Number two is this. My hunch is that you're so ticked off at this thing that took place tonight because of this. You've you've got a hang up, you've got a hurt, or you've got a habit. And we're all guilty of that. I said, me too. And last, let me say this. If the church has offended you, meaning if they have hurt you in some way or form or fashion, or if a pastor has come down hard on you and just hammered this, hammered that, you got to dress this way, you got to look this way, you got to, got to, got to, Jesus says, Jesus says. I said, I'm sorry. Because Jesus didn't do that. He just said, follow me. And so I said, man, if you ever want to meet up, I said, I'm willing. I said, I just want you to know that. I'm willing to go wherever you want to go. I said, because I can't sing that on Sunday morning and not mean it. I don't know where the conversation goes, but it went back and forth for three hours. And that was the last conversation piece because he had to answer this one simple question I left him with. And the question was this. So where do you want to go? What do you want to do? He never responded back. I'm going to look forward to that conversation. I don't know what it's going to turn into. You might come in next week with a black eye. I don't know. I'm just being honest. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. But he did say this guy's name was Tiny. I said, I am not Tiny. And I said it all. That ticked me off last night. I said, trust me, that is not a word I would describe myself as. I said, I am far from Tiny. I said, because I have a God that's huge in me. And I said, I got a story to tell you. A change. Because I had to change what I care about. And I said, I think you do too. And so the next one, number three. An invitation to follow is an invitation to a relationship. Jesus was so intentional about building relationships. You know, we sometimes just want people to gather and get them up because it feels good when we pack them in. But the truth of the matter is, it wasn't about that. It was was about building an invitation of a relationship. And I know a lot of you are hurting right now. You're just, you're thirsty for a relationship. 
And you're going to lean into this, this thing right here beside you, or this, this person or whoever, and it's just kind of, it gets kind of weird because you haven't really sought this one out first. So I'm asking you to seek that one out. And following forces, forces this last one, following forces me to focus on where I am rather than where you are not. That one's tough to swallow. Following forces, forces me to focus on where I am rather than where you're not. And so last, year, last week we just un- un- uncovered real quickly. Religion says change and join us. It says change and join us. But, you know, Jesus come along and he said, join us and you will change. Join us and you'll change. And so the question that we left last week was this. Am I following? That's where I, I threw it out there. I, I wanted you guys to just dive deep into this. And it said, am I following? And so I hope you've been praying on that. And so today we're going to continue with Jesus' teachings as he continues to reach out to his disciples. And back then, and for us today, if you have your Bibles, go straight into Matthew real quickly for me. You, you can't miss it. Matthew chapter 4, if you need a Bible, there's some in the back. And take one, get your app phone out, whatever. Let's pull it up. There'll be something there in a minute. But Matthew, Mark, Luke, John were all followers. They were all witnesses and they believed in Jesus. But they are the ones who, with their own viewpoints, their own perspectives, left us some amazing recordings of of some things. Matthew was writing to a bunch of Jewish people at the time and the religion folks of the time. And in Matthew 4, especially 18 through 22, he's calling out his disciples to be honest. This does not sound very spiritual. I mean, just honestly, it just does not sound very spiritual of a moment. It sounds irresponsible, what he's about to ask them and how they respond. So let's just look at this. Jesus is calling out his disciples, and here it comes. It says in verse 18, chapter 4, it says, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. And they were casting a net into the lake. So they were fishermen. And in verse 19 it says, come, what was this word say? It says, follow me. Come on, guys, with me. Come, follow me. There you go. Jesus said, and I will send out, and I will send you out to fish for, not fish, people. And this is kind of weird. They're just kind of here, they're hearing this, and they're just focused on this. And they're like, well, that's a little different language. That's interesting. And in verse 20, this is where it gets amazing. I don't know if I would do this, but I'm just being honest. You know, in verse 20 it says, at once they, what, they left their nets and what? Followed him. And so going forward, and this is verse 21, going on from there, he saw two brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. And they were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, verse 22, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Now back then, man, the, the, the father sets everything up and, you know, they, they leave it over to the, you know, the sons and then they grandfather it in, much like some farms around here today and other things. We leave it over. But what if somebody come along and all of a sudden, hey, hey, you two in the boat, I really like what you're doing. I love how you're being obedient to your dad. And, and hey, come follow me. We're going to fish for men. Not very spiritual of a moment. They just up and left. Hey, dad, we love you. Got your back, but we're going this way. I'm just being honest, Dad. It sounds, I love fishing and everything, but this is, fishing for men's got my attention. And they just up and leave. Sounds kind of irresponsible, doesn't it? I know my father and my relationship, if I were to say something like that, if we're in the middle of the farm and we're drilling fence posts and we're definitely chasing cows, and if I just said, Dad, I got to go, he'd be like, What? He would. He would probably be really mad at me. 
No, I know he would be really mad at me. Some of you know my dad, he probably would. But I can't imagine this guy's Zebedee is not too far from the rest of how this relationship is starting to form. It's building a relationship, an invitation to follow Jesus, and he knew it. He said, okay. So there's the first one. So let's flip over real quickly to to Luke. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke chapter 5. And let's pick this same story up and understand it's from a different perspective. And here it is, Luke 5. Luke 5, 1 through 11. This is what it says. Following Jesus always begin with information. Following Jesus always begins with information. Listen, Jesus always built his followers with not believe, but with information for them. Stories, teachings, and building relationships so people would, what, follow him. Faith comes by hearing. I want you to hear that. Faith comes by hearing. Following begins with listening. Faith is built around content. But following is built around obedience. Getting your questions answered by listening. So verse 5-1, Luke. One day as Jesus was standing, you missed that one, Matthew. He says he was walking, this one standing, different perspective again. And you know, I'm sitting, I'm standing, whatever you want to say. Here again, this is one of those little hiccups. But it's, 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 it's there. And it's on the lake. It's over there beside the same location. The people were crowded around him. And what's this powerful word right here? Listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left by the fishermen who were washing their nets. And this is pretty critical for the storyline to go forward. They were done for the day. They were finished. They were cleaning their nets. They were, they were pulling out you know, the little plastic things with a six-pack, you know? You know, the little plastic things that get wrapped around turtles' necks or kill squirrels. You know, it's one of those things, yeah, uh, maybe cleaning out the diaper, you know, at the beach they're cleaning out. They're, they're cleaning their nets. They're done for the day. They were washing their nets. They were hanging them out to dry. Verse 3, he got into the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and he asked him to put out a little four from shore because he knew he saw Jesus. He recognized Jesus. Like, yeah, I'll take you out. No problem. Just come on out. There's a big crowd following. You know, you can, if you've ever been to the, the ocean or the beach or, you know, a sea or a lake, you can, you can actually see a greater angle from the lake. And so he, he wants to get out from the shore where he can teach a little bit better and his voice would carry up the shoreline. And so it says, he, then he sat down and taught. He sat down on, 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 on the front of the bow, or maybe at the stern. Maybe, it doesn't really matter. He taught the people from the boat. Verse 4, when he had finished speaking, he had said to Simon. Now then Simon's sitting out there listening. He's just like, you know, he's leaning in at this point. We don't know exactly what the teaching was, but, you know, I can only imagine Simon's like, this is my boat. My fishing business is going to go good. This is good. I mean, you can almost imagine what's taking place. And all of a sudden, Simon just gets these crazy commands from Jesus. And he says, he's just going out to deep water. Put out into deep water. And then he says this, let down your nets for a catch. Now, you can almost imagine the tension here. He's like, uh, hey, Jesus, I'm just, I, I know where you're from, and I know what you do, and man, I, I, love, I love the stories coming to me. Amazing. Hey, but I know you're a carpenter, and I'm a fisherman. And let me tell you something. 
Um, we fish at nighttime because the water temperature gets cool and the fish come up. And, and we've been out working all night. And the nets are clean. And, and I, just, I, I just spent four hours cleaning my nets. And it takes some time to do that. And, 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 and just to be honest, I'm a, I'm a fisherman and you're a carpenter. You build tables, I fillet the fish. It's just that simple. Jesus, do you, are you, and it's kind of relentless. Put into deeper water. Let down your nets for the first catch, for the big catch, for something different. Peter, I'm asking you, you've done something a thousand times this way, but for the very first time, will you listen to my instructions and just go over here and put down your nets? Simon answered, Master, We've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Because he recognized there was something different about this man. He said, Master, not Jedi Master. We're not talking about Luke Skywalker. We're talking about somebody who knows something's up. And he looks into his eyes and says, okay, I will let down my nets. Even though I've, learned, I've, I've, I've ran this fence a thousand times this way, even though I've changed that oil a thousand different times this way, even though I, I've, I've cooked that recipe a thousand times this way, Master, I'm going to listen to you today, and I'm going to do what you're asking. So verse 6, it says this. And when they had done so, I love it. They caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Verse 7, so they signaled for their partners. Can you only imagine, by the way, the Simon's face at this point? I mean, he's like, okay, I got this. Throw the nets down. I told you so. Whoa! He's like, man, we're hung. You know, if it's like me, we're hung on something, you know? Who threw that anchor down there? Is there a submarine back in that? You know, what is it? It's something dragging the boat. He's like, there's no way there's that many fish out there. We, we, there's no fish. It's, it's in the middle of the day. Fish are down deep. They don't come up. What's going on? The nets are starting to break. This makes no sense. And then all of a sudden, you can see the swirls. And then the, the, just the motion. It's like the bow of the boat's, you know. And, it's, and then everything, you know, it's one of those moments. And you just look, and Peter's like, hey! Guys, I need help. Hey, come here. I don't got no help. This is before, by the way, he's walking on water. Because I'm saying right now, my, my imagination, Peter is screaming for help. Because he can't swim. You know, you don't know these things. But we know that he can't swim because he sunk when Jesus said, come on out. So I'm just going to interpret in between the lines here. He's like, Help. It's right there. You just got to read. Come on, get excited. Read between the lines. It's right there. And so it says in verse 6, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that the nets began to break. And so they signaled for the partners on the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to what? Sink. That's just so funny. Verse 8. It says, so when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me. Now, it just switched language here. I don't know if you're picking this up yet. Earlier he said, Master. But here he says, Lord, I am a sinful man. In one motion of obedience, he recognizes 
He recognizes that there is something extraordinary with this man. And he says, Lord, I am a sinful man. You don't want me in your neighborhood. You don't want me following you. You don't want me to do, just get away from me. I'm telling you, I, I, I use bad language. I am a sailor. I do not want to follow this religious crap. I don't, you know, I just, I can't do it. I can't do enough to be worthy around you. Verse 9 says, for he, for he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of the fish they had taken. Verse 10, and so, and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. And so Jesus concludes with this, and he says, then Jesus said to Simon, I love it, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. And so they pulled up their boats up on the shore and they left everything and followed they followed him. You know, I think for all of us today as we just sort of wrap things up here, I think we should just focus on something here. And the something is this. If you say so, Jesus, how many times have you done that? If you say so, Jesus, I'll do it. Jesus, if you say so, you know, I'll do it. But you do so reluctantly, just like Peter, until that miracle happens. And you just can't. Lord, I'm sinful and I'm sorry. You see, sometimes it's kind of hard to reach out in faith and and literally pray over the person who needs prayer. Lord, if you say so, I'll pray for him from a distance. But seriously, he's asking you to lay hands on him and just ask for you to change your heart and trust him. To go deeper into deeper waters because there's fish out there that are swimming and they're lost in this huge ocean that's just consuming them. Lord, if you say so, Jesus, if you say so, I'll do it. See, I'm asking for this morning that we have a heart change just like Peter did. And he went this way. He said, Lord. He said, Lord. He he admitted and all of a sudden now he's starting to change what he cares about. And he's going down the road of really just focusing on what it means to follow him. And so here's the question, the tension I want to draw this morning. But what happens when we say, Lord? What happens in our walk when we say, Lord? Did you notice what he had to do? Or what he did? Verse 11. So they pulled their boats up on shore and they left everything. And they followed him. What happens when we listen? We start to catch huge, huge bundles of fish. Our boats, our nets can't contain it if we just start to listen to the instructions of Jesus. And watch Jesus do his thing if we just get out of the way and be obedient. But first, we have to be willing to follow. We have to to be willing to follow. If you continue forward right here in verse 12, it turns into the, the, the first miracle of where Jesus is, is really just uh, got his, his followers and he's, he's teaching them. And, and the first thing he, they run into right after this was a man with leprosy. And so how we're going to end this today is, is almost like a pre-sequel of what's to come. And so it's one of those moments of, of knowing something's about to happen. 
But here it is. Check this out. Verse 12. It says, while Jesus was in one of the towns. So they're walking away from this, 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 this seashore and they're, they're walking up this town. And, and it said, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. And so it says, when, Jesus, or when, when he saw Jesus, he fell his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, here it is, Lord, if you're willing, can you make me what? Clean. See, he's already know, he, he knows something's up. And so Jesus, in verse 13, it says, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. And he says, I am Jesus says, I'm willing. He said, be clean. And immediately, the leprosy left him. You see, we will begin to reach out to the hurting, to the broken, to the ones in need, the ones in need of help, the ones in need of hope, the ones in need of love, if we're willing to follow him. If we're willing to leave our boats, the things that that we've invested times and resources into, if we're willing to to leave our farms, our, 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 our things that we think are important, sports, just things that fill our life up, Facebook, Twitter, are you willing to take that extra step so we can go start to change the hearts of those who need to be clean. And so this is where I think we're going to call it a day. There's four things I want you to know. And this is the four things that I think each one of us are in here are at. There's a step. And wherever the step is, this is where I think you are. There's four of them. The first one's this. It says, sit and listen. I think for some of you, you're here this morning, and, and this is where you're at. You're sitting listening. And for all of us, you know, we, we, are, we are sitting listening. But maybe this is just where you're at in the step of following him, and I, I commend you for that. Maybe this is the first time ever up here, you know, and for you to sit and listen and know that there's something different about what this environment is, it's a huge step for you. And for some of you, you're on number two. We need to loan him the boat. Like, this is mine. I've earned it. I worked for it. This is mine. No, you need to be just like Peter and loaning the boat to do something remarkable. To do something crazy. You need to go, you know, you need to just trust him with the boat. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your house. Maybe you're supposed to start a Bible study or some kind of small group in your house this fall as we gather back and we start to launch it. And kick it in high gear. Maybe you're supposed to do it. Maybe you need to loan him your house for God to do something remarkable. Number three, for some of you, that step is just taking vision. There's nothing more rewarding, and I have pictures to prove it, when you take your son fishing. He catches that first big seven-pound bass. Man, he is like... He is hanging on for dear life, reeling it in. He's like, Dad! And I'm sitting there just cheering him on. You got it! Bring him in! And he almost drags him in. I had to pick him back up. His mom would have killed me because he didn't have a life jacket on. But it was one of those moments. Don't tell her. Don't judge me. You know, it was one of those moments. I could have saved him. I was standing in the water. Anyways, you know, he just pulled him back up. And then all of a sudden, he was just powerful because you saw the, the expression on his face as he held that fish up. You need to take 
You need to allow Him to take you fishing. You need to just allow God to take you fishing. And for some of you, it's going somewhere uncomfortable. It's going to a place that's foreign to deeper waters. Number four, for some of you, you're going to have to leave the nets behind. It's the hardest thing. That next step is being obedience, is to leave your nets and to come and follow me. But you got to be willing. The bottom line today, following Jesus always begins with information. Information that we can sit here and read and read and read and read which creates tension in our walk and it creates those things that we have to answer. And for us, that's why hashtag follow. Are you following it? Are you following? 